hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, you can do better than that. Don't wait on the music. Don't wait on the singing. Don't wait on the clapping. He is worthy of every praise. He is worthy of every praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord, I feel your presence in this room today. You have come with purpose and with plan and with desire to move in the midst of your people. And I pray today, O oh Lord, that we would make ourselves available unto thee. Hallelujah. 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 Just worship him for a moment. Hallelujah. Just worship him. Entertain his presence. Lord, we love you, Jesus. Worship goes much deeper. Hallelujah. The presence of the Lord is here. He's come with purpose. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Lift your hands. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hear my cry, O Lord. Attend unto my plea. Hallelujah. Don't you feel his presence? Reach out. Hallelujah. 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 Jesus. Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hear your cry. Hear our cry, O Lord, as we lift our voice unto thee. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah, that's it, that's it. I believe the Lord wants to break out into our presence. I believe he wants to speak to us. I believe he wants to do something in our midst today. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. Brother Alex just received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. as we all gather around him to begin to pray and he started praying and I thought he was speaking in tongues but I know like brother prosper brother prosper how many languages do you know four or five so I wasn't sure so we asked brother prosper to come Amen. brother Alex wants to share amen for a moment
Those who doesn't know me, my name is uh, Amon Nagawa Alexi. Uh, I'm from Africa. Uh, I've been uh, passing through too many trials about uh, spiritual stuff, uh, praying. You know, devil keep uh, fighting with me, but he's he's dead. All right. All right. Yeah, I have a uh, parents. I was uh, in Las Vegas. Uh, they told me I'm um, a mature guy, I'm older, I have to get baptized, you know, they baptized me. So, if it is necessary, I can, I can get baptized. Uh, if it's not, no problem. But what I know, God healed me. Amen. Amen. We're going to baptize Brother Alex after service in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. You guys want to help me out this, this last song, the first song? Amen. Why don't you stand to your feet one more time? Amen. We're going to sing to the Lord. But before that, Brother Stanfield, I'd like for you to come and just share with us, greet us in the name of Jesus. I know I put you on the spot. Amen. But just come and greet us in the name of the Lord. This is, you guys don't know, this is Sister Janae's dad, Brother Jews, father-in-law. We're just glad that they're here. Amen. To worship the Lord with us. Greetings from the frozen tundra of Wisconsin. <laughs> where the frost is about three feet deep up there. I did hear there are some Green Bay Packer fans here. <laughs> that section needs to repent bad. <laughs> you know, uh, this morning at home, probably about 80 little kids. I five years old to 12 is where Sharon and I minister and uh, those kids are seeking after God this morning because he's worthy I walked in this morning I'm sitting over there I'm talking to Jesus and I saw with my, my eyes I saw God put his hands over this church this morning And I knew there was somebody that needed something. You can't be in the church and not need something. So you all know about our lives just recently. We've had three serious car accidents in 11 weeks. Um, survivors here. 
protector. Jesus is not only a protector, he's a healer. Just this past week, I talked to my uncle in Columbus, Ohio, and um, he has ALL leukemia. I don't even know what all those letters mean other than it's incurable. Nine weeks, I think it was nine weeks. Last week, a young girl walks in the hospital, lays his hand, her hand on him and says, in Jesus' name, be healed. Do you know, when I talked to him this week, he said, there's not a DNA marker, nothing in my DNA of leukemia. The doctor said it's incurable. Yeah, well, we all know the great physician. We know the protector. I'm a witness. Janae is a witness. Drew, first accident Drew has ever been in his life, and it was a doozy. I was in two more prior to that, totaled out two Escalades and a Sprinter. Um, and God protected. God's ministering this morning to these little children in Wisconsin. He's ministering to us today. And his hands of protection are over all of us today, saying, you need something, and it's here. It's in here. His hand is covering. Not, not to tell you, don't go out, but he's telling you that it's in here is the protection. Your heart needs it this morning. So whatever the word is today, I knew when I walked in that it was for me and it was for all of us. And God's got his hand in this place today. Lord bless all of you. Amen. Clap your hands to the Lord again. Lift your voice. Hallelujah. We're going to worship the Lord in song once again. Amen. Come on, clap your hands. Clap your hands.
Christian power. Whoa. You are alive, I'm alive in you. Jesus is resurrection power. Whoa. resurrection power hallelujah man if you have your Bibles turn quickly to the book of John chapter 3 John chapter 3 verse number 8 and if you'd like you can go to the book of Ezekiel I'll be focusing in the book of Ezekiel this morning but the resurrection power of God is in this place today whatever you have need of is in this place today. I'm so thankful for his resurrection power. John chapter 3 verse number 8. And I'm reading from the New King James Version. It says, The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from or where it goes. So is everyone. Say everyone who is born of the Spirit. I believe in this place today that the wind is blowing. I believe there are those in this place today that God wants to fill with the power of the Holy Ghost. I'm not going to keep you long this morning, but I want you to lift your voice, lift your hands to the Lord, and I want you to pray and I want you to ask the Lord to let the wind blow. Let the wind blow into this place today. There are those in this place who have come that have need of life. They need the resurrection power of God. We need the wind to blow. We need his presence. We need his spirit. We need his power to flow into this place. Hallelujah. Lord, let your spirit blow. Let it blow. Let it blow into this place. Lord, you told Nicodemus, so is everyone that is born of the spirit. You hear the sound thereof, but you cannot tell from whence it cometh. Lord, today, let your spirit blow in this place. In Jesus' name. You may be seated for just a moment. John, in his book and in his writing brings us to the story of Jesus as he sits with a religious ruler a man who had been a studier of the scripture one who had relationship with God but in the course of the discussion Jesus tells this man that you must be born again born of water born of the spirit verse number eight Jesus tells him the wind blows where it wishes 
and you hear the sound thereof, but you can't tell from whence it comes. Man, I stood there just a few moments ago as Brother Alex began to lift his hands, began to lift his voice unto the Lord, and the wind began to blow, and the Holy Ghost began to move in him and through him. And I believe that that experience is for somebody else in this place today. I believe there is another person, another man, another woman, another child that is ready for that experience of the Holy Ghost. There is no other experience that you can have in this life that will make the impact that the Holy Ghost can. I can remember walking in a direction and all of a sudden I had an encounter with the wind. It's nothing like walking into a wind that is blowing strong and all of a sudden it throws you and it moves you off of the place that you are. And I'm so glad that God's spirit moved into my life and caused me to turn around and to walk in a new direction. If you have your Bibles, I want to go to the book of Ezekiel. And I want to begin in Ezekiel chapter 37. Ezekiel the prophet. The Bible says in verse 39 of that chapter, it says, Then said he unto me, Prophesy unto the wind. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind, Thus saith the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain, that they may live. I want to talk to you today about life in the valley. How many of you have ever gone through a valley? How many of you have ever gone through a low point in your life? And during those times, there seems to be no life, no joy, no laughter, no happiness. Whatever you consider to be life, it's not there seemingly in the valley. This book, Ezekiel, is a book that reminds me of the times in which we live. We are living in precarious times. We're living in times of great uncertainty. We're living in a nation where there are uh, questions by those uh, the direction that we're heading uh, as a people. You have politicians on both sides. You have uh, people that are in the middle trying to pull the sides together. We have uh, politicians in a political system that appears to be more divided than it ever has been before. Our society, our people, our families, our churches, our schools, our neighborhoods, all of us seem to be pulling apart by the seams. Drugs and drug use is seemingly at an all-time high. Even now, Congress and politicians are getting into the, the position where they can help those who are addicted to opioids and all of those things, all of those things that are occurring in our nation at this time, and not just our nation, but all around the world. Some statistics say that crime is up, while others say that crime is down. It is a day when violence fills the land. It is a day when churches and schools become targets of destruction. And there is a need, it shows us that there is a need for great revival. Many of you know the story over the last week where a young man, and I don't know his situation and I don't know his circumstance in life, but we know the events that took place where he took 
a, a, a gun, a rifle, or whatever you are, whatever you want to call it. I know there are those on both sides of the, the gun rights laws and all of those things, and I really don't, don't care about those things, but what I am concerned about are families and, and, and children that are being destroyed by those that have no hope seemingly in life. They're going through a valley, but there is life in the valley. There is life in the valley. This is the situation and the circumstance that our nation finds itself in. Ezekiel, the prophet, the book that is that bears his name, speaks to a nation that in many ways resembles the times in which we live. Years of rebellion and rejection of God's word had caused Israel to fall into an apostate place. You can look at our nation and you can look at its continual turning away from God and from the principles of the word of God and school being, uh, prayer being taken out of school and, and, and even now when... Uh, uh, famous people are, are begrudgingly and, and saying things about those they have compared listening to Jesus Christ as a mental illness. There are those that, that sort of laugh and snickers at that comment, but our nation has fallen and sunk into a place where it's okay to say that if you listen for the voice of God, there, that there must be something wrong with you mentally. What are they trying to say? They're trying to say that if you are dependent on the Lord, that you are weak. It's only a trick of the enemy. I am so glad that my strength lies in the Lord. All of my help. There's a song that says, all of my help. All of my help is in Him. No matter how strong, no matter how smart no matter what you become in this life your dependency should always be in the Lord what a difference a day makes parents got up in the morning and saw their kids off to school and by that evening time realized that they had been slain in the halls of a schoolway we need the Lord we need a revival. We need the wind of God to blow through our nation. We need the wind of the Holy Ghost to blow through our churches, to blow through our, our home, blow in our jobs. We need a move of the Holy Ghost. Israel had become a people who had no fear of God. Neither did they esteem his word. In his book, Ezekiel deals with the appending judgment of Israel for their idolatry and social injustice. And he also prophesies to them, though, of hope and renewal. Our nation does not want to hear of the impending judgment of God. We don't, we don't like to hear those things. We don't, we don't want a preacher. We don't want a teacher. We don't want anyone to talk to us about the judgments of God and the things that will befall a people when they turn their backs on God. We don't want to hear those things. We want to hear about the good things, and, 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 and so do I. I want to hear about, you know, love and success and prosperity and all of those things, but I also need a man of God in my life. 
that will stand and will preach the unadulterated word of God. When I begin to drift off course, he will stand and begin to preach to me the word of the Lord. And I don't want to be stiff-necked or hard of hearing for the word of the Lord because now this is what's happened to our nation in so many areas in so many ways. But I want to be a people. I want to be among a group of people that has their ears attuned to the presence and the power of God. The book of Ezekiel, it talks about hope and renewal as well. And that's what we're going we're gonna to focus on, hope and renewal. We've, we've covered all of the, the things, and we could talk about much, much more. We could talk about all of the things that are going on in our nation. But I believe, I believe that there's hope. I believe that God has a renewal. I believe that God has a revival. I believe that God wants to change lives. I believe God wants to reach down into homes and heal families. I believe God wants to take minds that have been broken and been, been torn apart by the things of this world. And I believe he wants to bring peace and joy and love and glory and all of the things that he desires for his church. I believe God wants to do it for us today. Amen. Why don't you clap your hands to the Lord? For those of you that don't know, the book of Ezekiel is considered one of the four major prophets or the major prophetic books. It's found in our Bible, the Christian Bible. It is one of those books uh, in the Word of God that you don't hear preached from uh, quite often because of what Ezekiel deals with and he preaches judgment and he preaches uh, the things that are going to take place to the Jewish nation at that time. But it is a book that also, as we stated, brings about and preaches and teaches to the Jewish people of the hope and the renewal of God. It is one of the most logical arranged books of all of the prophetic books. Some of those prophetic books, they seemingly jump over one thing to a next and they use all of the, the typology and all of the, the prophetic speaking and, and sometimes we read them and we get all twisted up and all of those things. But, but, but the book of Ezekiel is a very chronological book. It is, it is laid out in such a way where it, it becomes easy to follow. Chapters 1 through 24, it, it concerns itself with the fall of Jerusalem. And you can go back and you can study the history of Israel and all of the things that they did and how they would live for God for a time and then they would turn their backs on him. And it was, it was an up and down relationship and they would live for him for a while and then they would turn their backs on him. They would live for him for a while and then they would turn their backs on, on him until finally the Lord brought about judgment upon them. And you can read and you can you can and listen and, and, and hear Ezekiel as he talks about uh, the fall of Jerusalem. And in the first few chapters of that book, he talks about the temple and he talks about the presence of the Lord as it leaves that temple. Chapters 25 through 29, 39 contains a series of oracles that addresses the foreign nations. And it concludes with a section with the future Israel as it is contrasted against foreign nations. And then the last section of the book, chapters 40 through 48, presents a plan for rebuilding the temple and reorganizing the restored state of Israel. I'm so glad that God is faithful. I'm so glad that he's faithful. Israel turned 
her back on him continually, but yet God remained faithful. Even though he took his presence from the temple, he had a plan to bring them back in relationship with him. I don't know where you are today in your relationship with the Lord. But we, we have those times when we feel as though the presence of the Lord is so far away from us. Sometimes it's not that he has taken his presence from us. Sometimes it's just that we have walked away. And we get further and further away from him. I'm, I'm reaching for somebody this morning. You, you feel so far from him. You, you may even come to church week after week. You may even sit on one of these chairs week after week, but you feel so far away. And, and you get down and you pray and you call out to him and, and, it, and it is as though your, your prayers go to the ceiling and they come right back down. But I want to tell you today, he is faithful. He is faithful. He has not turned his back on you. He still loves you. He still cares for you. He still wants to restore you. He wants to bring you back into relationship with him. Why don't you clap your hands to the Lord? Ezekiel is one of those Jews who was taken in the second deportation. You see, Babylon came in and they began to take away the children of Israel and take them captive back to Babylon. And Ezekiel finds himself in a group of Jews who are taken during the second deportation. In Ezekiel chapter 1, we are introduced to him in verse 1. He says, now it came to pass that in the 13th year, in the fourth month, in the fifth day of the month, he says, as I was among the captives by the river Chabar, that the heavens were opened and I saw visions of God. Chabar was a place the Jews were allowed to settle. It was a community. That word Chabar, as I begin to study, it means uh, it was a place of despair. It was a place of hopelessness. It was a place where there was no joy at all. It is a place that many of us can find ourselves uh, in, in life. But it means simply far off. And that's what happens sometimes when we get away from the presence of the Lord. There seems to be just a place of despair, a place of hopelessness, a place where there's no joy, a place where we can't seem to escape the things and the events of life. But it was there that uh, Ezekiel, the Bible says that the heavens opened up and he began to see visions of God. Psalms 137 kind of gives us a little insight into uh, the mind and the hearts of uh, Israel. It says, by the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down. Yea, we wept and we remembered Zion. And we, we hung our harps upon the willows in the midst thereof. For there they carried us away captive and required of us 
a song and they that wasted us required of us mirth saying sing unto us one of the songs of Zion and the question was this how shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land how can we sing when we look around in our nation and children are being slain, when homes are being torn apart, how can we sing the Lord's song? Chabar, they were far away from Zion. They were far away from the presence of the Lord. They were far away from that place that they desired to be where they could worship the Lord in the power of the Holy Ghost. And now Ezekiel, the Bible, in the next two chapters, he is given his call by the Lord. In chapter 3, verse 17, the Lord tells him, I'm going to make you a watchman for Israel. And he tells him, I'm going to put my word in you, and I want you to preach it to my people. And today I've come with a word from the Lord for you. I'm here today to tell you that the wind of the Lord is about to blow through this place. And if you need something in your life, God wants to change you. God wants to move upon you. He told Ezekiel, he says, Ezekiel, prophesy to the wind. Prophesy to the wind. And today I want to prophesy to you that the wind of the Holy Ghost is about to blow into this place. He's already begun. We've already seen one filled with the Holy Ghost. And today I believe there's another in here that God wants to fill with the power of the Holy Ghost. Israel's situation seemed hopeless. It was a place of death and seemingly no victory was there. All signs of life had been taken. Go to Ezekiel chapter 37 for just a moment. Put it up on, on the slides. Ezekiel begins to prophesy, begins to preach the word, begins to, to warn Israel of all of the things that were going to befall them. And throughout the course of that chapter or throughout the course of that book, the Lord begins to tell Ezekiel and he prophesies to him and he says that I want to take that, that old heart, that old stony heart that is on the inside of them and I'm going to take it out and I'm going to put into them a new heart, a new heart, a heart of flesh. And he tells them that I'm going to put a new spirit in them. But in 37, the Bible says, go back to verse 1. I want to start at the beginning. Chapter 7, 37, verse number 1. him on the spot. Stay with me. It says, the hand of the Lord was upon me, and he carried me out in the spirit of the Lord, and he set me down in the midst of the valley, which was full of bones. But I said that there is life in the valley. What does David say? Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. A valley is a low place. A valley can be a place of depression and oppression and sickness and pain and heartache. But even in the midst of that, there's life in the valley. Verse 2. And he caused me to pass by them round about. And behold, there were very many in the open valley. And lo, they were very dry. And I could see Ezekiel as he steps through that valley. And he steps over 
a, a femur and steps over a, 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 a skull and steps over a, a collarbone and a, and a hand and fingers and, and, and toes and all. And as he steps on them, he steps onto some of those bones that have been there for a while and they begin to get brittle. And as he begins to crunch through the bones, the Lord continues to speak to him. Verse 3. And he said unto me, Son of man, he asked the question, Can these bones live? I've come to you today to ask you a question. Can there be life in the valley? Can there be life in your situation? Can there be life in your circumstance? Though it, things have seemingly uh, been so degraded and, and the bones are, are, are all around and, and there's no sign of life, there's no sign of, of moisture, all of the, the, the life has seemingly dried up. Can these bones live? When we look at our nation, we ask the question, can there be revival in a nation that has gotten so far away from God? I say, yes, there can be great revival. And I answered, and here's what we do sometimes. Oh, Lord, thou knowest. But he asked you, Ezekiel, I'm asking you today, can these bones live? Lord, you know, you're the God of all creation. You know whether we can have revival or not. You know whether my situation can change and turn around. I don't know, Lord, but you do. Next verse. And he said unto me, prophesy upon these bones and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Next verse. Thus said the Lord unto these bones, behold, I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. Next verse. And I will lay sinew upon you. And I will bring up flesh upon you and cover you with skins and put breath in you. And ye shall live and ye shall know that I am the Lord. There's a revival that's coming. There's a revival that's here already. Some of us have not recognized it yet. But I want you to look around. I want you to see what the Lord is doing. All of the wonderful people that the Lord has allowed us to come into contact with and to be connected with. God is bringing about a great revival. He's bringing new folks here that have never heard this gospel. He's bringing those that have a, 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 an experience like Nicodemus so that we can share with them the gospel. He's bringing those that have experience in this, this gospel that we know to help grow this assembly but not just this assembly we're not just talking about here God wants to do a great work in his church and it's going to start I believe with you and with me amen I believe God wants to do something so look around take take take, take put in your mind's eye what you believe the Lord is going to do God's going to do something great and he's going to start with you everybody say me God's going to start with me but I've got to believe it I've got to say yes. I've got to open up my mouth and begin to prophesy to the dry places in my life. There's some places in my life that are dry. There's some places in my life that I have allowed to die. And I've got to breathe. I've got to prophesy to those things so that the breath of the Lord can blow over them and bring about sinew and skin. And all of those things can, can bring me back to the place that God wants. Next verse. He says, so I prophesied. 
So as, as I was commanded and as I prophesied, here we go, there was a noise. Everybody said there was a noise in the house. I, I began to look around earlier in the service when the Lord began to move. And I could see some that maybe have not experienced it quite as much or in that same way or in that same magnitude. And some of them were like, whoa, what's going on here? You could feel the presence. You could feel a shaking in the spirit. You could feel um, when God comes onto the scene, something is going to change. Something is going to happen. God is going to move upon people and touch lives and touch hearts. Sometimes it's, it's hard for us to contain ourselves. It's hard for us to refrain ourselves from lifting up our voice. I, it, there's something that happens when I get into the presence of the Lord. I begin to want to lift my voice. I begin to want to run and shout and dance and do all of those things. When I was in the world living the other lifestyle, it was nothing for me to go to the club or wherever else I was going to do and do the things that I was doing. And I lifted my voice. I lifted my hands. Hey! Didn't feel embarrassed, wasn't ashamed. Why shouldn't I give God more, more, more? I should be willing to stand on my feet, stand on the highest mountain, and lift my voice to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the one who can change me, the one who can save me, the one who can make a difference in my life, the one who can pick me up and turn me around and set my feet on solid ground. I'm so glad that the Lord saved me. We shouldn't be embarrassed about lifting our voice. We shouldn't be embarrassed about clapping our hands to the Lord. We shouldn't be embarrassed about singing unto the Lord with the voice of triumph. We ought to be glad and thankful that the Lord has given us the strength and the ability to worship him and to praise him in spirit and in truth. The prophet says, I prophesied and there was a noise and, and behold, there was a shaking and the bones came together. There's something that happens when you begin to preach the word of God. There's something that happens in the lives of people when preachers begin to preach. Amen. I'm so glad the Bible says that God chose the foolishness of preaching to save them that what? Believe. I'm so glad that one day a preacher began to preach to me and I took the word of God and I mixed it with faith and it began to change me and make me different and make me whole and turn me around and my life was totally different all of the things that I saw in the world before that seemed appealing and, and drawing and alluring to me I looked at those things and I turned my back on them because there was something more beautiful there was something that was better there's a place that I wanted to go called heaven there was a God that I wanted to serve and his name is Jesus there was a God who loved me and because he loved me I wanted to love him back there's a shaking, there's a moving that takes place when the word of God goes forth. And he says there was a noise, there was a shaking, and the bones came together. Your life will begin to come together when you allow the word of the Lord to come in and to begin to shake you and begin to move you and cause those things that are broken in your life to be put back together. There's some things in this life that man can't put together. There's some things in this life that, that all of the money and all of the success, all of the, 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 the worldly relationships can't put together. But God. But God. There's something about his word that will take our lives and put it back together. Next verse. It says, and when I beheld, lo, the sinews and the flesh 
came up upon them, and the skin covered them above. But, everybody say but. There was no breath in them. Here's where I want to stop for just a moment. Everything was put back together. Bones, sinew, flesh. Everything looked good. But he looked and he said there was no breath. Remember in Genesis, the Bible says that he formed man out of the dust of the earth. But it wasn't until God did what? <laughs> Breathe into him. And the Bible says that he became a living soul. Nicodemus, a ruler, religious man, comes to Jesus by night. And he says, Jesus, we know that thou art a teacher. You call him rabbi. Begin to, to discourse and have a conversation with Jesus. And it's, it's just something about the Lord. He knows how to get right to the point. We, we come often, we have questions and, and concerns and, and all of the things that we do, but God gets right, right down to the point. He skips over all of that stuff that, you know, is just camouflage and just stuff that's just... It's just in the way. It's just window dressing. And he gets right to the point. He says, Nicodemus, he says, you've got to be born again. Wait a minute. What do you mean I've got to be born? I'm a, you know, Nicodemus could have gone a lot of different ways. He could have said, hey, I'm a Pharisee. I'm, I sit on the Sanhedrin. I'm one of the 70. You're telling me what? I've got to do what? I've got to be born again. Why don't you bear that out in the scriptures to me? Show me where it is line on line so I can understand it. No, he didn't, he didn't do that. He has a discussion with Jesus. Jesus tells you, if you want to see the kingdom, or even if you, want to, if you want to enter it or even see it, you've got to be born of water and of the Spirit. And I've come today to tell you, I don't know where your life is, all of the circumstances and situations, but I've come to prophesy to you come to preach the word of the Lord to you and tell you that the wind of the Lord is in this place. And as I prophesy, as I preach to you, the Lord can begin to mend you and begin to put you back together. Bones together. Ankle bone to the which bone? The femur or whatever that is. And, and the shoulder bone to the to the scat. All of those I didn't take physio. Was it uh, anatomy, yeah. No, too much for me. But all of those bones, all of those circumstances and situations in your life, God will begin to put them back together again. But don't stop there. I've known many people they come to the Lord. Things start coming together. You know? Life is, is better now because they, they're taking. See, we can take the principles of the Word of God and apply them to our lives. And, you know, there are a lot of people that don't live for God, but they understand the principles of the kingdom. And they will apply the principles of the kingdom to their lives, and they'll see their lives come together. But it's more than that. It's about relationship. 
I want to I want to tell somebody, and I I feel this. There's somebody you you got to you got to work on your relationship with God. You got to work on your relationship. There there have been other worldly relationships that have been more important to you than your relationship with God. And you've got to work on your relationship with God. I'm not preaching or prophesying gloom and doom. I'm just telling you, you've got to work on your relationship with God. Your relationship with God is the beginning and the foundation of all other relationships that you have in this life. And if the relationship with God is not right, then all of those others are going to be fragmented. They're not going to be whole. They're not going to be what God would have them to be. That was free. But I don't want you to stop there with just your pieces being put back together. I want you today to allow the Holy Ghost to fill you. The Bible says that when the day of Pentecost was fully come, there came a sound from heaven as of a mighty rushing wind. It says it filled all the house where they were sitting. There appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all, everybody say all, filled with the Holy Ghost. I want you to stand today. I want you to stand. I want you to close your eyes for a moment as your musicians come. We have those in this place that come from different situations. There are some Nicodemuses in here. You have, you've had a relationship with God. You've been religious. You've had an experience with God. And that's wonderful. That's commendable. That's what God would have. But as Nicodemus came to Jesus that night, there was more for Nicodemus to learn. And he began to share with Nicodemus, Nicodemus, you've, you must be born again. Born of water and of the Spirit. The Bible says that we are buried with him. Who are we talking about? Jesus. We're buried with him in baptism. We're raised with him in the newness of life. But it's not just baptism, but it's his spirit coming and living on the inside of us. The Bible says that when they were filled, they began to speak in an unknown tongue, in a language that they had never learned before today that experience is for you for a moment everybody just close your eyes I want each and every person that's in this place I want you to ask yourself that question because there was a day when Paul asked a group of John's disciples he says have you received the Holy Ghost since ye believed and that's my question to you today. Have you received the Holy Ghost 
since you believed like they did in the Bible? Have you spoken in a tongue, in a language that you have never learned? That experience is here for you today. It's an experience that you will never forget. But it's just that initial sign that the Lord has come and taken residence within you. I want to be filled with the Holy Ghost. If that's you today, you are you're welcome to come. We'll pray for you. And God will fill you. Maybe you don't quite understand. But we're willing to teach you a Bible study to tell you about the Holy Ghost. Together, why don't we lift our hands and our voice unto the Lord as the praise team begins to worship. We're going to prepare to baptize Alex in the name of Jesus. God is doing something. There's a wind of the Holy Ghost blowing through this place. Fill lives with your spirit. Lord, I need the Holy Ghost. I need the power of your spirit. There's life in the valley. There's life in the valley. No matter how low you get, no matter how dry it gets, there's life in the valley. There's joy in the valley. There's peace in the valley. Prophesy to the wind. Bone upon bone. Let the wind blow. Let it blow into this place. Power, power, power. Hallelujah.